0: Hello, and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slesser, and today our guest is former A's starter Dave Stewart, who's also been a general manager and an agent and is now a studio analyst for NBC Sports California on the A's pre- and post-game shows. We will talk about the A's postponement of their game at Texas on Thursday and the surrounding issues of racial injustice in America, and a look at the A's and their season to date. Dave, first of all, let's uh, talk about the the fact that you're somebody that's from Oakland. Uh, You obviously played for the A's, uh, and you're known for helping out in the community there, uh, starting all the way back in the the earthquake, after the earthquake in 1989. What what do you think of what's been going on lately, and particularly what uh, your former team, uh, a team that you still work for doing some TV work, did yesterday in deciding to postpone their game in, in order to bring uh even more awareness to the racial injustice uh, actions that are happening in this country?
1: You know, I uh, had an opportunity to uh listen to the message that was uh delivered by uh Marcus Simeon and 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 Tony Kemp. And I you know I thought that uh it was, it was very, very well done. Uh, the message was clear. It was very well delivered. Um, you know, and there were some people that questioned, uh, why, um, they didn't sit out the day before and, and, and based on the message that was, was given by both players, it was very, very clear and understandable why, um, it didn't take place the day before. But I think ultimately, um, the message was given and the players did stand together. Um in making sure that from their standpoint, the Oakland athletics baseball team standpoint that you know social injustice and police brutality um against uh minorities blacks um is not acceptable um it's it's gone on for many many years um and a lot of it's happened unnoticed um and and in this day and time it's become. Uh, noticed very well, um, recognized uh, what's taking place, and, and I thought that the players did a good job. I thought that uh, that um, that their stance and their position um, was very, very clear.
0: Yeah, I liked what Marcus said about sort of taking the light off themselves for a day and asking people to educate themselves on the issues uh, and pay attention to what's happening in their own communities and maybe support initiatives that will help communities and that will, uh, you know, further racial justice and and other social justice issues. Um, The decision to delay, I heard a lot about it, too, on social media. Uh, I liked the fact that they took a day to make sure that they were all united rather than rushing. Marcus (laughs) Simeon said, like, look, we started talking about this at 6.30 p.m. before a 7 o'clock game. Most of the guys aren't even in the clubhouse. They're running around preparing. You know, this is an important topic. And to me, I was telling people on social media who were upset that they delayed a day and then did it. Uh, In some ways, I think that's better. It it keeps the spotlight on the issues for another day. If, uh, you know, a bunch of NBA teams decided to postpone games or cancel games in many cases. And uh, uh, certainly a bunch of, uh, I think three teams had decided to, baseball teams had decided to uh, postpone on the Wednesday. Um, But another day keeps the story in the public eye another day, which I think that's probably a good thing.
1: I totally agree um I totally agree, and uh, I agree with actually everything that you just said um you know when you're thirty minutes before a game being played, um it's a difficult time to make a uh, uh to make the decision not to play um, not that there's a whole lot to be to think about um but in in that period of time with that shorter notice um there was Something to think about and to have an open discussion with time to, you know, express your viewpoints or your thoughts Um, as a group is a whole lot better than feeling like you were forced to do something um, that you may may have not wholeheartedly been into. Uh, at at the moment so well, I, I agree with the way that they did it
0: yeah and i think they wanted time to formulate a statement that resonated with people and that certainly is going to take more than half an hour um and you know i think people who are out in social media a lot and on twitter and real devourers of news don't understand that um professional athletes uh, as they're preparing for a game they're not aware what's happening elsewhere they're focused on that night's thing so we we talked to bob melvin about 90 minutes before the game and he had just just then heard about the reds and brewers which i think had just happened but i guarantee you there were not players that were aware of that uh, 90 minutes before the game they're they're doing their thing they're not uh, they're in the clubhouse they're not paying attention to twitter or watching news programs or anything like that. So uh I like the way they handled it. I think it's obviously a major issue, and it's something that deserved uh, a lot of thought and consideration, and they wanted to be united, which uh, that should be commended. Now, of course... Bruce Maxwell uh, of the A's three years ago became the first player to take a knee. uh, And until this year, the only major league player to have taken a knee and he faced all sorts of backlash. And we've, we've gone through, you know, some of the other things that happened and some of the, the other reasons around that, but certainly the response this time around has been very different in major league baseball. You've represented Bruce, your wife Lonnie has represented, still represents Bruce, um, how different is the response to what we're seeing around Major League Baseball? Uh, how different is it from when Bruce became the first and until this year only player to take a knee uh, during the national anthem?
1: Oh, it's it's very different. Um, I mean, you you made the statement, um, you know, now. Um, everyone is is making their statement. Um, we've had players now take a take a knee or raise their fists. We're wearing shirts, black lives matter. Um, everybody is, is involved. It's all inclusive. Now when Bruce did it, it was, a, it was, it was one man against, it seemed like everybody. Um, and, um, obviously he felt alone. He wasn't supported. Um, and rightly so, because no one did support him at that time. Uh, so, I mean, times have changed um in terms of the action that the players are taking. Times are still the same as far as the issue yeah. um because it was there then and it's, it is and it's there now um and so i mean it's it's visible now um what Bruce was standing for three years ago,
0: yeah, exactly. I've talked to Bruce a little bit recently about all of this, i I'm sure you've talked to him quite a bit uh is how would you describe the way he's responding to all of this kind of like well you know better late than never or just kind of like at last finally this is this is great
1: well he's got days some days where um you know he's really really um proud of of the movement and the solidarity of the players and then he's got days when um For example, you know, we spoke, uh, yesterday and, you know, Jacob Blake and, 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 you know, he was really, really upset about what took place, as we all are and as we all should be. Um, and, you know, the statement that seems to come across, um, to us is that you know, we really don't care about what happened to George Floyd. Um, This is the way we felt today. And so heck, we're going to, we're going to attack another, another black man. Um, And, you know, what's even more painful is that his children had to witness that. And that leaves, that leaves, that leaves a mark on those kids that they'll never forget it's a, it's a, it's a picture that they will never forget. And, um, you know, if the statement was from that police officer, if that statement was i I'm not only am I, am, am I, am I doing this act? Am, am I involved in this act? But your kids are going to know that they better not mess with any white police officers too. If that was his statement, then, I got to think that, um, you know, it, it was, it was well taken because those kids are never going to forget that. And, and that's, like I said, that's, that's the problem. And those are the things that, that Bruce and I, and I, um, talked about and have talked about that, you know, it's just never ending. You get it. You, we haven't even had a chance to, to take a, a breath from, from George Floyd. And then all of a sudden you, you got something else that's happening. And then you, you, you know, you have the, the shooting in Atlanta, a guy that's that's just out jogging and, and trying to get his exercise in it. And now you got this. So it, it just seems like you, you don't get a breath. And it doesn't seem that there's a conscience um, in law enforcement about what they're doing um, to these these young black men.
0: Yeah. It's a, I mean, it is kind of hard to fathom, But but do you feel like there is any growing awareness maybe about racial injustices and, and extrajudicial killings of of black men?
1: Well, of of course there's awareness. Um, And that's international awareness. Globally, there's awareness. Um, And you can tell that by the, the peaceful protesting that's been taking place. And that's not just by blacks, that's by whites, that's by all nationalities of people. And so there is definitely an awareness and there's, There is strength in the numbers that are, are protesting peacefully. Um, and so, of course, there's, there's awareness. What I'm not sure of, and, and, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to bend everybody into the same bag, but when you think about it, and it's unfortunate for the good police officers, it's unfortunate. Yeah. But the, but the, but the bad thing is, is that there are, people that are enforcing the law that are going out and they're killing or shooting young black people and that is not acceptable so is there awareness yeah there's there's awareness people are people are aware and like i said there's there's global and international national awareness and there's there are people that are joined together there's strength now there the numbers are 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 going to make the difference. When is that difference going to happen? It may not happen in my time, um, Susan, but um, I am faithful and hopeful that change is going to happen. And and because of the awareness, um, that's why the change is going to happen.
0: One of the things I liked that I heard yesterday was, uh, and I'm sure you heard this too, is a a lot of players, particularly those in the Players Alliance, are planning on (laughs) donating their salary uh, for the day. And and, uh, there's been talk about Jackie Robinson Day, uh, two causes in their own communities uh, that uh, Marcus Simeon said he'd like to find a mentorship program that's helping to integrate integrate the Oakland Police Department, for instance. Uh, What are your thoughts on you know, really concrete actions like that, like donating and helping. I know you're very involved in a number of uh, community projects, including the local coaching corps, which does so much great work.
1: Well, I think uh, right now, I think what what really needs to happen, and I'm, I'm sure that the police departments and, and police enforcement around the country, at least I hope that they're, I hope that they're planning some type of community partnership and community awareness i'm hoping that they're thinking of ways that they can get involved in the community to have an open forum to have have minorities explain to them what and how they feel when they see police officers and if there is some way for there to be an open line of honesty from the police officer to the minorities for them to explain what they feel when they get into situations like that with more with minorities. And, I, you know, I, I said this on the radio yesterday that in in solutions of any type, there has to be education and communication. And when those things happen, when you put those things together, then you start to see solutions to the problem. But um, if there is no communication, there is no education. Um This will continue to to be a problem and an issue, and so you know i I guess leading back to your question, I agree that if we 've got programs and if we 've got um, community uh, organizations that we can donate to um then i 'm all for that, but where the real issue lies right now is is the communication and the education between the police. And the people that are, are the, and the people that are being assaulted, which are black people.
0: We'll have more of my talk with Dave Stewart coming up in just a moment. But remember, if you would like to subscribe to our athletics coverage at the SF Chronicle, go to sfchronicle.com/pod. Now you of course, you do analysis of the a's on the pre and post game shows We're very free, very frequent visitor in the studios um How do you evaluate the a's right now? We're a little past the halfway point when they come back from this road trip though they'll, they'll just have a i mean a little bit of september left twenty some games how do you see them They are a very good
1: baseball team that that right now is playing good baseball and they're playing very good baseball because they're there are inconsistencies. Um the starting rotation, it looks like you know they're they're starting to to, to make a move and to, to become um a better rotation. And Mike Fires has had uh has had had um back to back uh good outings. His last outing especially uh was special in my opinion. Shamanai is making steps forward now. Um Bassett has been good since he's been in the rotation um you know Frankie Montas which he's a guy that that uh that they they've counted on to step up and 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 come forward hasn't pitched very well since his back injury and Jesus Lozardo is is the young man in the rotation that there are high expectations from but you can only expect so much from from basically a a rookie pitcher so if the starting rotation um solidifies itself Um, this team has an opportunity and a chance to go a very, very long way. Now, when I say solidify, that could come internally or it could come via trade and we're close to trade deadline. Um, and so it could come in, in either form, but, um, if the starting rotation doesn't come together, it could be a difficult September and it could definitely be a difficult, uh, postseason play, postseason playoff time.
0: Yeah, that's a uh, the most important element in the the postseason, yeah. for in my opinion, as a starting but, pitcher, you must really appreciate what the bullpen's been doing this year.
1: Oh, the bullpen has been the, been the savior for for uh, the team, in my opinion, because they've been so solid. Um, you know, it's allowed uh, it's allowed for the starting rotation to be um, not of the quality that you wanted to be. They picked up a lot of slack. You know, from the start and rotation, picking up innings and and putting this team in position in games that they still have an opportunity to win baseball games. Um, so, I mean, you got to you got to give the, the that bullpen an A plus uh, for the job that they've done. Um, if not for them, this team could be in trouble.
0: What do you make of the offense, which is very it, unlike the teams you played for in Oakland, which were very balanced, you know, guys who could run, guys who could get on base, certainly power. This team has been very reliant on the home run, uh, and they've been a little inconsistent. There's obviously been some very key figures who have struggled, uh, especially Chris Davis. Matt Olson is hitting homers but not doing a lot else besides walking. How how do you see things there?
1: Well, this team... Um... Actually, is not much different than 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 the teams that I played on. At least when it comes to ability and capability. You now we're in a different day and time now. When the things that um, were important in in my era of baseball—stealing a base, moving runners, bunting runners over hit and run—those things were important in the whole aspect of playing baseball. Um, a lot of those, um, a lot of those aspects have been. Um, deleted from today's game and so i believe that this ace team does have the ability to steal bases to hit and run to do all of the same things that we did um show team speed um they don't play that game the home run is a huge part of this baseball team and they rely on it um and and quite frankly they live and they die by it um um but this I do know, and, and this is where you, you kind of, and Bob Melvin has shown this, Um in the season, he plays the game the way they play the game. And when they get in postseason, um, he becomes the manager that we all know he is. I think that Bob Melvin is one of the top managers in the game today. And when we get in postseason play, we've seen it. We've seen him but if he's had to. We've seen him hit and run if he's had to. We've seen him steal bases. Of if he's had to, we've seen him make moves with the, with the starting rotation, the bullpen, whatever he has to do in postseason, he gets it done. Um, he's at his best managing um, when he's in postseason. And so when you ask about the offense, I'd like to see him do more and they're capable of doing more. Um, they're a better offensive team than they're showing. Um, I do believe that there's a, 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 magic number of 150, 100 to 150 at bats for each hitter that you get to and you start to settle in and feel comfortable with what you're trying to do. Um, your body now is capable of doing what your mind wants it to do. Um, and so I'm not surprised or I wouldn't be surprised if you start to see better performance from Olsen. Marcus Simeon, Marcus Simeon is starting to hit the ball and play better in his role. Um, Chris, Chris Davis, I think has an opportunity and a chance to come around and I think he will. Um, And so I'm not real concerned about the offense at this time uh, because it, it takes time um, for the offense to become what they're capable of being. And I think we're starting to hit that, that, that number of at bats where they're going to show what they are.
0: Yeah, I think I talked to a few players uh as the as the mid-season approached and and they all said like, you know, look we're we've got the best record in the American League and we we feel like there's still much more there. Like we have room to get better, which if that's the case and if the front office makes some moves, which I I would anticipate, maybe bringing in a starter and Billy Bean said potentially a reliever. Um they they could be even better. And the bullpen maybe gets AJ Puck to fill that Birch Smith role. So yeah, they, I think that uh, there is the potential there for them to be even better than they have been. Yes, without a doubt. Now, of course, we, I mentioned the 1989 World Series earlier, um, and that was you know the the earthquake obviously struck, and as you guys were playing, uh, this has been a very strange year. Of course, playing trying to play in a pandemic, and then recently there've been the the mega fires here in this region and in, in Southern California where where you are, um, you know, there are the issues with a hurricane potentially the other day. There's all, all sorts of bigger things, you know, and, and of course, the the rioting and the, the you know, concerns over racial injustice and the cancellations. Having gone through a World Series when something that was so much bigger was happening and so many people were affected, uh, how do you see this season, you know, because there are so many things bigger than sports going on?
1: Oh, uh... Well, I see this season is, it's, it's been a, well, I think we were a 7.2 or 7.4. This has been a 10 earthquake in terms of, you know, what these players are, are going through. Um, you've got the, the COVID, which is a social problem. You've got the social injustice, which is, once again, that's a, that's a social problem. Um, and, and these are big issues to, to go through. Um, they really are. Um, it, it's not easy um, for these guys to to play the sport that they love at this time with all of the outside distractions and the things that that are taking place. That, quite frankly, when you look at the scheme of life, they're way more important than baseball. They really are. And um, I'd have to think I mean, some of these guys I know. Well, I think I know Marcus Simeon very well. And I don't think that he's taking any of this very lightly. I think he's taken a lot of this too hard and i i I believe that if there was a solution an instant solution um I believe that he would he would wave that wand in a in a heartbeat um for this all to be better and for it um for this to be a better place to live and a better place to play um but the fact is that we are in this time. And similar to the 89 World Series, when they decided that it was time to play, we as professionals, we had to play. Now, there's one way that you can look at this whole situation, which is you can say that we are entertaining and we are bringing some, some form and source of happiness to people for a three-hour period of time of day that allows you an opportunity to go back to your childhood and remember when you were a kid and playing in the sandlot, playing baseball with your brother or relatives or friends. Um, That's one way to look at it. And when we went through the 89 world series, that's the way I looked at it. Um, It, it, it gave the world a three hour period of time just to forget all of the, the, all of the, bad that was that was taking place around us
0: yeah that's i i think that's <laughs> there are a lot of different ways to look at it but that's certainly i think that uh once things kind of um were a little bit more back to normal here i think that was probably the right thing to do now i i think people tend to overlook that team that championship team partly because of the earthquake and uh you guys made very short work of the giants after that um how does this year's champion get viewed uh, with a short season and a pandemic and so many other things going on?
1: You know, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to be the guy to take away from, like I said, the emotional and the the mental anguish that these guys are going through. I I don't want to be the guy to do that. Um, I am a baseball purist. um, And so I mean, we're playing a game. And so if you're in a 60 game season and, and, and you go out and you play the game and you win a championship, championship is one for that, for that 60 games. Um, and you can't turn your back on that. It's not, it would be no different if baseball decided, Hey, we're going to go from 160 games or 161 games or 162 games. I'm sorry to 60 games. This is now our season. Um, you have to respect that this is what we are doing, and this is the place that we are in at this time. And so a championship is a championship.
0: Now, one other topic I I definitely wanted to talk to you about, um, and you've you've talked about your mom a little bit on social media. You lost your mom, Natalie, uh, recently. What what can you tell us about her and uh, what she meant to you? Because you said some really beautiful things on social media, and I think people would probably like to learn a little bit more about her.
1: Wow. Wow you know it's uh yesterday was 1 month um that that my mom passed and um <laughs> i was you know there's there's something every day um that comes to mind um that she said or that that she's done um uh, my mother's from new orleans and um and maybe it's just the new orleans way because my father was from new orleans as well but maybe it's just the new orleans way that you never met a person that, that wasn't your friend um, and my mother, um, when she passed and um, and my teammates um, had heard, um, it was amazing the amount of calls that I didn't necessarily get from the male players um, that I played with, but the, the wives of the players that I played with that talked about how my mother was always pleasant and how she always had... Good things to say. And when they talked to her, when they talked to her about anything, how she always had good advice uh, to give them. Um, My mother raised eight kids. Uh, My father passed when I was uh, 16 years old, and she raised eight kids. Wow. Um, We watched her um, get up early mornings and, and go to work and come home late nights. And sometimes to make more money, work uh, the night shifts um, to be sure that we were all, you know, in a good place. Um, now, the fortunate thing is that like most black families, um, you know, my grandmother was in play and my grandmother, when my mom needed her, she helped with the raising of of her kids. Uh, um, I have older sisters and so. We kind of took the example that my mother gave us, um, and the foundation that she gave us, and um, you know, we we none of us as as young kids when we grew up in East Oakland, um, none of us ever went to jail. None of us ever had any issues with the police. We never had any problems with drug addiction or drug problems, selling drugs. That didn't happen, and. I think that that's an amazing testament to the foundation and the lessons that my mother taught us because she worked long hours and she spent a lot of time away from home. And so when my children were getting older, um, and as parents, you wonder, you know, what your kids are doing and, and you no longer have the ability to supervise them the majority of the 24 hours a day. Um, because they're off on their own and they're, and they're making their own friends and they're making their own lives and, and they're becoming who they are. And so I remember sitting down and I talked to my mom and I said, mom, shoot, um, you know, I don't, you know, Adrian is, is 15 years old now and pretty soon he's going to start to drive and. You know, he's got girls and his hormones and all of the things that these little boys go through. And he said, Mom, Mom, these little girls are out there and they're attractive. And I said, What, 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 what do I do, Mom? You know, how can I, how can I, how can I protect him? How can I? And she said, Son, the only thing that you can do. Is you have to look at yourself and you have to look at your individual relationship with your children. And you have to trust the way that you raise them. And it's the best advice that I've ever gotten when it came to my children um, from my mother. And it helped me to understand how she could leave us. To go to work and work two jobs and know that we were okay because she trusts the foundation that she had given us as children to grow up in the world that we were growing up in and and growing up in the, in the, in the mid sixties and the seventies. It it wasn't an easy period of time in East Oakland. And, um, it, it helped me to understand, um, at that moment, why she was confident that we were okay
0: oh, that's a that's a wonderful tribute. Uh, she must have been so proud of you, Dave. i, I It's really a, a, my condolences to you and and all of your family. She just sounds amazing. Thank you, Dave Stewart, thanks for joining us on ACE Plus and thanks again for uh, you know sharing such a nice personal story and and for providing so much of your own background in our talks about racial injustice issues. Thank you, Susan. Our thanks again to Dave Stewart for joining us on A's Plus. You can follow Dave Stewart on Twitter at DSmoke34. And, of course, you can watch him on NBC Sports California. Our producer today was King Kaufman. We will be back again next week with more A's Plus. Thanks for listening.